we all have. Oh, not this again. It's Geek Bites. <laughs> I'm Rich. This is Stu, and this is Mandalorian Season 2. Stu, how's it going, man? That was that, that rhymed. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, it, it's quite cool that we're hitting two popular franchises within a fortnight of each other, and we'll probably be back round with Lower Decks uh, within like a couple of weeks or something. So, yeah, it's definitely the, um, the, the starting with Star uh, series, I suppose. We've done Star Trek, we're going to do Star Wars, and we're going to go back to Star Trek again, it seems. We just need season two of Picard to uh, round it off. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they didn't film that anytime soon because of the pandemic. I think they like they were planning to film it, but because um, you know Patrick Stewart's getting on a bit, they they couldn't get couldn't do it. So yeah. who knows when that's turning up? Uh, but I did suggest we, I did suggest we watch Stargate at one point. Um, let's, let's try to get access to it. Um, you did suggest that, that, yeah. You did yeah. suggest that. <laughs> yeah, Richard didn't take me up on it. My, uh, I won't say my thoughts. <laughs> But yeah, Mandalorian season two. I mean, so Disney Plus's first uh, streaming Star Wars service, and I think I think it's um, I think it's still going strong, and it's obviously precipitated a whole load of uh, a whole load more Star Wars properties, which you know I think it's looking pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, so as the one that kind of kicked it all off, it all started with a mouse, as Walt Disney used to say about <laughs> Disney, and now it looks like for Star Wars TV series, it all started with a guy in a helmet. Uh, a helmet, maybe it all started with a helmet. Maybe that's that will be the tagline. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> or, or or a puppet. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah, it all started with someone coming back from the dead and not actually ex- actually explaining how they came back from the dead at all. Which you know Disney has got form with on Star Wars, so you know they're clearly sticking to sticking to what they know. What? Who are we talking about there? Which one is that? <laughs> oh, sorry, I've just gone completely meta there. Um, I was th- <laughs> talking about uh, Emperor Palpatine. Obviously, he came back from the dead for no apparent reason. Um, uh, and yeah, then in what... this uh, series as well, someone's obviously come back from the dead with no real explanation. Yeah. Um, Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you've not watched it by now, you shouldn't really be listening to the podcast. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, but I've been, it was one of those, well, we didn't review season one, like, that was quite recently, wasn't it, or fairly recently, so it just seems weird that we've managed, because they released it late in the UK, so by the time that one came out, it was only a few months wait until season two started, which... Don't it, get me started. <laughs> but it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's the whole Ant-Man all over again, but the problem yeah. is, now we're going to have, like, a long wait for the next lot, but it seems like the, the um... The book of the person who shall be named for now is coming out Christmas time. So that's already been in the cat. It filmed, I think. Um, so, so we just have to see whether the Mando series comes back. Um, but anyway, should we, should we move into it? Should we hit it? Yeah. Have you got a uh, one sentence review at all? Yeah. Uh, brace yourself. <laughs> Free backdoor pilots and a MacGuffin baby. <laughs> three. So I'm trying to count what the three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll see the three. I'll see yeah. the three. Yeah, <laughs> cool. good stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I suppose that's always the thing with these kind of things. They they trying to, like I've said, they're trying to make it the cornerstone of the Star Wars TV universe, aren't they? So I think it's always going to be kind of like it's kind of like how Arrow turned into with um uh, the DC TV universe, isn't it? Every every other episode of Arrow turned out to be introducing new characters, and maybe what? that's what they're doing with Mando this time round. So yeah. Well, I think, but Arrow had the luxury of having like 23 episode seasons, and it was just like you know yeah. they, they introduced Barry Allen in season whatever, they introduced um you know Atom in season whatever. It wasn't like this one where literally you've got an eight episode season, and three or four of those episodes are made up of selling new new properties. It's just like. You know, I mean, I'll get into my little rant in a second after your one sentence review. But I mean, to sum it up, it just seemed like he was sidelined from his own show in order to, you know, push these new things that are coming out. Uh, and it's just like it seems like Disney was having sort of rushing them through. It's just like, oh, great. We've got something that's popular. Use him to push all this other stuff um, at the detriment to his own show. I mean, it would have been great if you'd have kind of introduced one of these characters in one season and then wait till next season to introduce the next one. But, you know, it just seemed to be relentless. Like every episode is like, da-da, we've got this new person coming up. And you know, Aunt Mando's yet again just like, OK, I'll do whatever task you ask me to do because then that will use the plot along. Um, but anyway, I, I won't sit there. So, go on. I mean, you, treat, you kind of touched on something I was going to say about my one-sense interview anyway, so I'll, I'll hit you with it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Aud- audience 
Farragut travels through the Star Wars TV universe marvelling at everything he finds. Because <laughs> uh, I think in many ways, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing, you know, it was all exciting stuff that he got to watch, but I think in many ways the uh, the Mandalorian, I can't even remember his name, the Mandalorian is a, uh, and he is mostly called it the Mandalorian rather than his name. Um, no. <clears throat> he's, uh, he's, you know, he's kind of a blank slate. You, you don't really see too much of his motivations and stuff. Basically, his motivation is just, oh, yeah, I like this kid. Let's help him out. You don't really see too much more than that. Um, and But what you do see is how he reacts to what's going on around him. And you've got all these characters that are coming in um, and stuff just kind of happens around him. He just kind of wanders through. He's a catalyst for various events. He's not necessarily the driver of those events, but he's the catalyst. Um and basically stuff happens and he gets to see it and he's an audience surrogate in the sense that we kind of see all this stuff happening generally speaking through his eyes um not that we see his eyes themselves very much but, through his yeah. visor yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, no i get that and i think i did comment that in our sort of season one thing i was just like you know the point is he goes and has an adventure every week and it's something slightly different and he's a stranger in a new town and you know like the old western thing so it's like you know, it necessarily doesn't have to develop as a character because he's just there as this archetype that just does, you know, he saves the day or whatever. But I think it just, yeah, because of this whole, let's put a new property in front of him so we can start selling toys and start building up the marketing machine for the next big release from Disney+. Plus. It just felt like, you know, you've gone from being this really nice, somewhat self-contained thing, which kind of followed this guy having little adventures, you know, all around the child, uh, to oh let's pop up random character from Rebels or random character from Clone Wars or random characters that they just felt like creating so that uh, Dave Filoni can have his own show um, you know it just yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean I mean I think to some degree you're being slightly um cynical I don't think I think there's going to be a big toy market for this because these aren't kids shows essentially are they oh yeah, no, um, yeah but I suppose not the marketing not the selling toys but the selling the, you know the subscription for Disney Plus because oh dude yeah yeah but um, I suppose I mean this is basically leading on spoilers so I suppose we'll have to talk about this stuff at I some mean look, there's, there's spoilers if you're listening to yeah. this show there's spoilers and there's been spoilers all over the internet for ages I know one guy I was talking to was saying oh he was waiting for them all to come out and then he was going to blitz through them I was like no that's um, yeah, a bad chance. idea and yeah, yeah yeah he got um he got screwed over by the uh, final spoiler uh, he yeah. saw it so yeah I was but, like well um, you've got to learn your lesson he's learned yeah. his lesson with WandaVision he's watching it as it goes <laughs> I'm watching that I, I, it's, it's getting better but no, so, so, so the three practical pilots I identified was mm. Ahsoka Tano, which we'll come back to her. But, you know, there's Ahsoka Tano, the show. There's the uh, Marshals of the New Republic show, which is some two fighter pilots, one of which was Dave Filoni. And then there's the Boba Fett show, which, again, mm. this is your allusion to a person who's come back from the dead. And it's just yeah. like, you know, you could, the, the two pilots, no one gives a toss. That's just so Dave Filoni can be in a, in a, in a X-Wing suit turning up with his friend um and it just seems like why, why did they have to force these in there um but anyway that's just me having a little run but overall impressions was it i feel like there was a fourth one i can't think what it was though uh, maybe i'm just thinking of mandalorian season three which is all going to be him and starbuck going back to um that's it yeah Mandalore. We'll come back to that. Gosh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I, I've been quite negative, but overall, it was still a beautifully made show, still very entertaining. You know, I think Mando and uh, Grogo, or Grogo, that's a bit another big reveal. Uh, Baby Yoda, as it was formerly known, um, they were still very entertaining. Um, yeah, so you know, overall, good show. You know, this is just some small niggles. I mean, it's still better than most of the other things out there, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, well, so, um, yeah, should we go on to favourite? episode i've got an episode and i've got a scene um right. so do you want to hit me with yours and then I'll, I'll jump in with mine okay cool so um my favorite episode was and i wouldn't be surprised if this is the, the same one um it's the episode where we do actually find uh find out um grogu's name chapter 14 sorry not grogu it's the episode after because he meets a um ahsoka tan she tells him it's grogu and he says go to um go to this temple and um this is basically where we finally see uh boba fett actually being boba fett and doing stuff and this was this was actually one of the shorter episodes in the season but basically you've got grogu sitting on the temple meditating and sending out a call to the jedi or whatever whatever yeah. he was meant to be doing i don't know hand waving um, yeah 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 um and uh and boba fett and uh what's the name from, from agents of shield uh yeah. and um yeah they uh basically 
get involved and uh, say um and the dark troopers arrive and they have a big fight and it's basically one big episode of mandalorian and boba fett uh turning up and um fighting and boba fett actually showing why he's actually a cool character um because we've never seen it before he's been useless he's been overrated yeah. on screen anyway and you know you can talk about legends and stuff but glorified fan fiction in it it's <laughs> universe man it's not legends don't diss it um no i yeah that's that episode is called the tragedy it's chapter 14 directed yeah. by robert rodriguez who did he direct uh hellboy this is it's all coming around full circle uh, yeah but no I, I quite like that one i think the one bit that you, I, I liked the fact that you just saw boba fett just go mad and kill a bunch of um stormtroopers like you know like that sort of thing whereas you know mando's sort of struggling somewhat and boba fett just you know oh, i want my armor back is this not, i'm not going to give you your armor this isn't belong to you so, oh all right and the, the stormtroopers come up he gets his armor and he manages to whoop them all while wearing yeah. his little skirt uh, which is a bit weird. Um, but yeah, what I didn't... Uh, two things about the episode. One, why didn't he just say Grogo? Because then the Grogo would have looked at him and he could have got him out of the space force field thing, the force field. And number two, um, Boba Fett doesn't look like Boba Fett. I mean, I know you've got like a 50-year-old man and you've shoved him in the armour. But it's kind of like, you know, what were they feeding him on Tatooine? He's kind of proper bulked up. Um, so, you know, you've got the original Boba Fett, which is kind of lithe and, you know sort of maybe i i don't know what you're describing because he was a guy in a costume but then you've got this guy where the armor barely fits on him anymore wearing a skirt um so when you say we finally get to see boba fett being a badass i'm like we get to see a bloke in boba fett's armor that has the face of the guy that boba fett was cloned off it, uh, being badass but is it necessarily boba fett so this is all quite meta um, now i mean look, um, we never actually in canon we never actually saw boba fett's face since episode two yeah. um since he was a kid so he and it's likely he is going to grow up looking exactly like Django Fett yeah, um you know but, Django Fett obviously looking a bit worse for where you'd assume he's been digested by the Sarlacc for 30 years okay, or something rather yeah. than a thousand years but um but now I, I I I mean yeah but that aside he did a good job um and it was good to see Slave One actually being used like you know you see it sort of stalking Millennium Falcon in in, uh, in um Return no Empire Strikes Back and that's basically all Slave One ever does. Whereas in this, you know, it's actually really good. It takes out TIE fighters. It kind of strafes the Imperial ship and whatever in the, the last episode. You know, it's uh, actually... I, think, I think it's worth pointing out, though, just when you say I think we did see it actually in episode two on a Camino when um, Obi-Wan Kenobi's fighting Django Fett. And oh, yeah. he did use those same, um, it might not have been Slave One, but it was obviously the same kind of um, ship. And he used those same kind of depth charge mines and Obi-Wan oh, yeah. managed, managed to avoid them. Whereas in this one, we actually see those actually working against TIE fighters. And when you go back and then look at that, you can actually then see what Obi-Wan Kenobi was actually avoiding in yeah, that yeah. episode two scene um, and how powerful the ship was. Um, because it, I, mean, I can't remember, I, don't, I guess the episode two ship wasn't actually Slave One, but it's obviously technology that Boba Fett has then used and well, no, it probably, because, it probably was Steve one because Django uh, Boba probably inherited it from Django isn't it it's probably yeah, like got, the same as the Mandalorian armor I mean the other interesting thing that come up in that episode was the whole idea is like um or there was an episode where um Boba Fett interacts with um Starbuck and they're basically saying well you're not a real Mandalorian you're just like a, a carbon copy of one and then they were dissing Mando because Mando's part of a cult that isn't a proper yeah, yeah. Mandalorian. And that's why he doesn't take his helmet off. And it's just like, oh, this is interesting. So not only do we have the Mandalorian as a distinct thing, there's lots of different branches of Mandalorians and they have different opinions of each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Dark Troopers in this episode as well. That was quite a cool introduction to them because they were sort of alluded to the episode before, wasn't it? When he sort of cackled and looked at them on the rack. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a very sort of Machiavellian villain, wasn't he? He was very sort of, I don't know, over hyper, over dramatic panto villain. But I, I liked it. I think it was quite good. Um, yeah, the Dark Troopers, I think, worked really well. I mean, he still is a the villain, of course. I don't think he died, did he? Yeah, but he got captured, so you know. Yeah, yeah. well, he'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back, cackling away. Um, yeah. it, oh, that's the thing. I think next season he'll probably be like whispering into people's ears and turning them against each other because that's what he seemed to be working on uh, in the last episode, didn't he? But um, yeah, I suppose. Uh, any more thoughts on the Boba Fett episode when they're taking out all these stormtroopers? Um, I think. Well, I'm going to slightly bleed into the following episode actually, which is um, 
then I think the next episode they go into the bar and they find Starbuck and her mates and Boba Fett kind of gets in and fights them and he gets his bottom handed to him. Uh, so I think that's worthy, worth pointing out that he kind of had a sudden fall from grace in that sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just goes to show how all the Mandalorians are pretty good warriors and they're all kind of on the level, maybe. What? That was the other thing that was uh, I was curious about is why didn't he go after the armor from um, Kabroff or whatever, Carl Vaff or whatever, on Tatooine rather than getting in his ship, flying all the way to this planet with Ming Nguyen, stalking a real Mandalorian and confronting him? Is it because he was expecting some sort of Mandalorian honor code? And he's like, oh, yeah, bro, this this thing's yours. I'll give it back. Whereas Cobb Vamp will be like, no, I don't know who you are. I'm not going to give it back. You get what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you know, you've got this pr- pretender in your armour that's been parading around tattooing for years, or you've got the guy that just happened to get the armour, um, and it, you stalk him to another planet in the middle of some sort of galactic battle going on. Um, yeah. Is it something to do with kind of Mandalorian honour? He couldn't just go and kill, but then Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian, is he? Yeah, you're right. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, what I did like is, I think it was the end of episode one, you saw Boba Fett standing on the hill looking at Cobb Vamp or whatever, and it's kind of like, you know, they alluded that he was going to be in this season, but I was expecting it to be much farther along. So the fact that they were just like, you know, he's just standing there and he turned around and I was like watching my, part, my partner and I was just like, oh, my God, they actually did it. And it, they're like, what the hell are you on about? But I'm like, you know, there's Boba Fett, it's Boba Fett there. Um, so whenever I get my T-shirt out now with him on, I'm like, that's the one from the, the show. Um, yeah. But, She's like, what are you, what are you on? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Am I bothered? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. OK, so, so that I mean, you sort of bled into the next episode and that was actually my favourite episode, The Believer. Yeah. Um, and that's the episode where I wasn't really looking forward to this episode because they were basically like, we've go get, got to go get the bald guy from season one that none of us yeah. liked because he wanted to abuse baby Yoda. That's and, directly what they said, yes. <laughs> yeah, basically, we all hate him, you're, you're whatever. Um, and yeah, they, they find him on this prison planet, which I think also features in um, Fallen Order, like the game. Um, okay, but it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, was it the same planet? Yeah, quite possibly. I, I think I read online it was, or I made that up, but it sounds sensible. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a really good redemption arc for that bloke. It, he kind of went from this person that you hate to this person where you actually understood why he's a bit broken. I mean, it still didn't have to be so horrible to Baby Yoda, but then you kind of get a sense of, all right, he's been scarred by the fact that his commanding officer basically nuked a planet that him and his comrades were on. Um, and then when you sort of see uh, him and Mando have to sort of hijack these juggernauts which i was going to come to this later but they actually feature in comics star wars comics so it's nice to see things these sort of massive car vehicle things with you know like looks like the, the lander from aliens yeah. um but yeah they have to hijack this and drive it into an imperial base for whatever reason um so they can find out where what's his face his ship is but anyway when they're driving through this local town he looks out and he's basically like you know they don't care who we are. We could be in a republic. We could be empire. They don't care. They get on with their lives and we just work around them. And it kind of just, I liked his perspective on the world is the fact that, oh, actually, you know, none of these big battles really matter to every man on the street. They don't care who's in charge. They just want to be happy and safe. And it's kind of like, you know, the fact that he had to protect them or he was had empathy with these people at their level uh, was quite good. Um, There was also that whole camp sort of uh, fight scene on top of the the, the vehicle. So the bald guy was driving it whilst Mando went up the top and beat the hell out of some um, pirates. I wouldn't have called it camp, but um, it it was a bit. It was a bit retro, I suppose. Yeah, it was very much like the Saturday morning serials, which is kind of what it was all based on. Um, so it's like very Indiana Jones, wasn't it? He's sort of taking yeah. him out, and then what he thinks he's beaten the last of them, even more come. And so yeah. when they, t- they turn up at the Imperial base and they're all being lauded by the people, um, you know, it's, it's all of this is quite good. And then you've got his confrontation with his old commanding officer, which was just probably the most intimidating Imperial I've ever met. You know, like yeah, yeah, gloating it, about Operation Cinder, and I think we see the one who talked about um, how they were terrorists because they destroyed so many um, people on the Death Star and stuff as well. Yeah, and it's kind of just goes to show the perspectives change depending on who you're talking to. Like, yeah, you know, you, you killed thousands of people on the Death Star. That's your worst than us, in a way. And, yeah, and it, this was the first episode as well that Mando took his mask off in front of people. Um, yeah, because well, this, yeah. yeah. Well, he just did it to get his eyes scanned or whatever at this... Uh, the base, yeah. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah. But, it, but it just goes to show the depth of feeling he had for this little puppet. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah, so I, I like that episode. Um, and what was I going with this? 
the weird bit at the end, though, is when he just phones up um, Gideon. It's just like, you don't know what that kid means to me. I'm going to come and get you. And it's just like, what was that all about? Why tell him you're on your way? It kind of just means he's going to get his defences up. But I suppose it just makes it more cinematic. Um, yeah, that was a bit rubbish, to be honest. It's um, a bit daft. But, um, yeah, but this leads into my favourite scene. I mean, that was my favourite episode. Did you have any, any feedback on that one or comments on that one? No, no. I mean, yeah, it's a good uh, good good uh, points and yeah, and yeah good redemption arc i hope we see the bald guy again because i'd like to see more it seemed like him and cara dune hit it off i mean she seemed to abuse being a becoming a marshal quite quickly wasn't it she got a badge one episode and the next episode she's breaking someone out of prison and faking his death um but yeah my honorable mention is um the mando versus dark trooper fight in the last episode because i think that was awesome it's basically the closest you'd he ever did, get. He only took one, was it? He had to fight just one, didn't he? Yeah, because his basically job in his mission was to get, lock them in the hangar so that they couldn't, um, you know, kill his team. So he managed just to lock most of them in, but one of them escapes. And basically it was like a battle to the death. And it's the closest thing you ever get to some sort of fan fiction of Boba Fett versus the Terminator. You know, you've got this thing basically beating his head in. Uh, you know, his flamethrower doesn't work. His little dart things don't work. Everything doesn't work against it. And I can't even remember how he beat it now, but it was just like the most intense thing you can imagine. And it just goes to show the power levels of the dart troopers compared to a regular stormtrooper, which is basically just cannon fodder or any of the other robots he's encountered. I mean, I, I like the fact as well, they're basically like the dart troopers can only um, work for a certain period of time because they run out of power. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, that's a bit weird. Um, and when he flushes them all out into space, expecting that would finish them off. And then later on in the, the scene, uh, the episode, they will fly back in again. Um, yeah, uh, you know, that that fight scene was so visceral and so sort of, you know, up until now, you know, the Mandalorian's basically shrugged off anything that faces him. Whereas this time round, he, well, he doesn't shrug it off. I mean, he gets beaten up a lot. But, you know, this time round, he proper got beaten up. Um, yeah, Gideon was quite easy for him to beat later on. And that actually comes on to... Um a point i was going to make about the um dark troopers um it all gave me massive wolfenstein vibes actually um because oh, they oh. obviously got got the nazi um super soldier robot things haven't they yeah, um, yeah. And that, obviously the empire has always been considered quite fascist and stuff but it seems like they're kind of playing this up a little bit you know showing you know that um officer who was talking about operation cinder and stuff he um obviously had a lot of um he, he was very threatening, you know, like a uh, German officer in the old films. Um, yeah. And um, he's had that kind of SS attitude almost. And then you've got these guys who, uh, you know, there was always lots of myths about super soldiers. You know, there's that, um, uh, what's that uh, book, comic book, Uber, um, about oh, the yeah. kind of soldiers they've created. And I was definitely getting vibes about that, about the Dark Troopers. Um, so, yeah, it seems like maybe they're going to play that up a bit more, particularly in the, um, particularly if this kind of remnant turns into the First Order as it, Kind of implies that this is the start of the first order type thing who were more nazi slash fascistic than the empire in the original trilogy um, oh, yeah as much as anything you didn't really see that much the empire in the in the original trilogy to be honest but yeah well that's the thing the empire was basically like a bureaucracy that was sort of cruel. they were more like the british empire in the sense that they were cruel um mm. and you know they had well they killed a lot of people and subjugated populations but they weren't nazis so it's kind of like you know yeah, I mean, maybe they were a bit, but yeah. Uh, Touching on what you said but the, about the super soldier thing, it's interesting that in episode whatever it was, uh, 12, uh, the siege, uh, when they went to this lab and they found that the scientists were injecting Grogo's blood into random people to see what happens or they were trying to clone people with it. And that kind of leads me to like um, like the Dark Troopers from, from Dark Forces, the game. And in one of the Jedi Knight ones, I think it was like Jedi um, Outcast, the villains are called the Reborn. And they're basically Imperial soldiers that have been injected with like, sort of, I don't know, Jedi magic or whatever. So they become sort of, you know, almost dark Jedi, but not not Jedi Jedi, but they've got force abilities. So it could be cool if they're laying the groundwork for that kind of, you know, super soldiers that they're going to be fighting against. No, um, I, think, I think it's more likely it's going to feed into how the Emperor got cloned or whatever, I think. Because there was a bit of talk about midichlorian level and stuff, wasn't there? So, But, yeah, you could be right. But I'd, okay. I'd prefer for them to try and explain how Emperor Palpatine came I'd, back. I don't give a toss how so Palpatine come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, the other thing it could be is... Um, this is I was going to get to this later. I mean, it's going to be about the massive spoiler. Should we, should we leave it and I'll discuss yeah, it later? Yeah, no, 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 talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so basically, if you've not watched it, then turn off now. Um, but Luke Skywalker turns up at the end and basically, like we said, Mando struggled with one dark trooper 
They had a ship full of dark troopers all about to break into the brig and kill everyone. Luke turns up in his X-Wing, you know, and basically just goes through and basically blitzes him all with his lightsaber without breaking a sweat. Um, And then just turns up, says, oh, hello. Um, Grogo is a bit hesitant to go to him. He says to Mando, oh, he wants your permission. Mando says, you can go with him, go away. And then Luke wanders off with him. Um, So this looks great and it's a really well done scene and it's brilliant to see Luke back. The thing that I'm hinting at is like in the Thrawn series of novels, there was a clone of Luke that was made by Grand Admiral Thrawn. And it would be quite funny if they spin it next season that the Luke that collected him wasn't actually the good Luke. It was a clone version of Luke. And now they've taken him straight to where he needed to be with the villains. Yeah, because um, of course Admiral Thrawn did get a mention, didn't he, in uh, Ahsoka's episode. She's after Thrawn. So, you know, there's yeah, a possibility yeah. to merge that into it. Yeah. Bit of overlap. When, when I was watching, I was thinking, uh, during that, obviously, I had no idea Luke Skywalker was going to come up. They kept it really secret and good. Yeah, it worked um, really well. So I, and, you know, at the point, Boba Fett kind of dropped them off and then went off on his own. So I was a little bit like, oh, is that the end of Boba Fett? So when they said, oh, there's a ship coming in, I thought, oh, Boba Fett's back. He's going to save the day. Yeah. Then obviously you see it's an X-Wing and it's landing. You think, hold on. Who could this possibly be? And yeah. then you see the green green lightsaber, and it's like, no, surely not. And, um, but yeah, then it turns out it's exactly who you think it is. And yeah, he did just chew through those um, chew through those dark troopers like a hot knife through butter, which I guess is what a lightsaber kind of does. Um, it and was, it, it was it was the most awesome piece of Star Wars that's been on screen basically ever, isn't it? It's kind of it, it's the culmination of Luke's story from the original trilogy. Um, uh, yeah, like you, you say that. I, I think um, obviously there's, and you know, it did evoke the uh, Darth Vader scene in Rogue One in many ways. You know, just turning up on the spaceship and just chewing through a cor- corridor of your enemies. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, there's elements of you know, he was kind of looking. He had, he had his hood up, and he was almost looking quite similar to uh, Anakin Skywalker in the Younglings. Uh, <laughs> when he kills them so I don't know I think you've got to wonder maybe is Luke still battling with the dark side to some degree I certainly yeah. certainly the, the vibes I was getting um, but, but that's, the, that's the challenge it's like in the original trilogy when Luke becomes a Jedi he walks around in black robes and um, you know black glove and all that stuff and it's just like it was only when they brought him back for the sequel trilogy he's back in the traditional bathrobe like Obi-Wan and stuff and it was just like yeah, you know it was great to see him in his Jedi garb going off and doing Jedi things at a decent power level it wasn't just like you know oh I'm gonna fight Vader and lose and then Vader's gonna do kill the Emperor for me it's basically he's actually going off being a badass Jedi um that was the closest I've got on any well any thing on screen to read you know like the expanded universe i've read all them books and stuff and this is the first time i've actually seen one of those characters come to life in the way that you imagine them and it's the yeah. you know it's kind of like you know all of this stuff in like this 80s 90s early noughties you know was just telling us what luke was up to han was up to leia was up to post the original trilogy and basically i care more about the characters because of them books that i read than i do about the original trilogy so it's nice to see that character from the page finally making it to the screen um, and just being the badass he was always meant to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's it's, uh, and I, it was like you said, like you saw the X-wing, and you know, well, the only person that really flies an X-wing and is a Jedi is Luke, um, but he's not going to turn up. They couldn't get Mark Hamill, and that's going to be a bit weird. And then suddenly, like you see the, the thing, and then you see the one glove, and you're like, no. And then then you're like, oh, they'll just do an over the shoulder shot, and then suddenly you just see his face, and there's a bit of uncanny valley there. But I think it was worth it just for the bit that you know. So, like some people so, are saying that they should have casted Sebastian Stan because he has an uncanny resemblance to him. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I think maybe just this once, you know, have a de-aged Mark Hamill. Um, well, let's let's see if he actually does end up in any more series. I mean, the funny thing was, I it comes out on a Friday, uh, or used to come out on a Friday here, and I, I managed to watch it kind of around lunchtime, and I. I'd watch it and I thought oh my goodness and I'll text you didn't I saying you have to watch it as soon as possible because internet's going to be full of spoilers after that yeah. Um, so yeah it was definitely definitely one that was worth watching unspoiled <laughs> I'm incredibly grateful for that heads up because otherwise it would have been like dragged out and it would have been ruined and it would have just been not worth watching anymore but, um, but yeah because I think even the the Thrawn bit I think you watched it and you texted me and said oh you're gonna sort of love this episode and I was just like what's that about um <laughs> 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, so I think that was a good thing. You mentioned Boba Fett flying away. I think the reason they did that was because if he was on the bridge, they would have recognised each other, wouldn't they? And then it would have been a bit more uncomfortable because it's kind of like, you know, point. You know, you, your mate almost killed me and you caused me like decades of pain. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, you basically froze Han Solo and you know abused my, or got my sister chained up and whatever. Yeah, that would have been a weird. So in a way, it was kind of like, you know, like they just arbitrarily move characters around in films and TV shows, so they don't they don't interact with each other. Yeah, um, yeah. That Good was point. one. Yeah, that's that felt a bit arbitrary, but it sort of worked. And uh, you know, you were sort of mentioned earlier on. You sort of alluded to the fact, oh, they brought Boba Fett back, but they didn't explain how. Um, I think they did, but they did it in a very subtle way. So in the first episode, um, Mando fights a cryot dragon, and they hint that the cryot dragon killed a. Um, a sarlacc and you know the old cryot dragons eat sarlaccs rah, rah, rah. so basically oh, they showed they showed that the cryot dragon is a higher power level than sarlacc and then later on mando gets eaten by the cryot dragon and yet he manages to fly out with his rat pack and still blow the thing up so it's kind of like you know they didn't show boba fett flying out of the um the sarlacc with his backpack and only being slightly melted um but they kind of hinted that the fact that mando could do it with and he's got the same kit on basically means that boba fett could do it as well so it's kind yeah, of the, but then what happened to Boba Fett's armor though? Why did he lose his armor or whatever if he I used sp- it to get out of the crate dragon? I, don't know. I, I suppose if your armor's melting onto you, you just want to chuck it off. Like, yeah, the scenes, so. like the scenes in Aliens when the acid blood is on them and they have to throw their body armor away or stuff. But um, yeah, shout, I mean, out, shout out to Timothy Oliphant while we're here. I always like seeing him in a show, and basically his hair is what I wish my hair was. <laughs> uh, but sadly, yeah. sadly, my genes do not allow for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think his character didn't get enough screen time. I mean, I was waiting for like, you know, in uh, series one, basically anyone that turned up in an episode was brought together for the final episode to to, to take on the big bad. I was expecting him to go back and get Cobb Vamp to, to take on the big bad and stuff. But no, it was just like a um, but in, interestingly, he was uh, mentioned in the aftermath novels by Disney's you know, you know, when Disney started writing books. Um, they mentioned some. Uh, sheriff wearing mandalorian armor on Tatooine called Cobb Vamp so it's kind of he's one of these characters that have been hinted at that didn't um necessarily exist before Disney took over yeah. um so oh, been planning it's, it's, good it's good they are actually like tying things up then yeah and it seems like they've been planning the return of Boba Fett for a while so he might have led into the actual movie or you know he's done this instead um yeah what was I going to say about Boba Fett I've forgotten now um I suppose that random characters turning up, that brings us to one of our other discussion points, which was the whole Filoni-verse and how they've kind of, you know, introduced these people that you know, I know a bit about because I've watched Rebels. I know I'm sad. Um, and some of the Clone Wars. But for you, it was our first introduction to them. What's your experience of that? Like I'm talking about like Ahsoka and um, Starbucks character. Like, how did yeah. you feel? Yeah, good, yeah, good question. Um, So Ahsoka, I mean, obviously I know you've seen picture of her all over the place because she was a pretty major character of the clone wars um i think she was was she anakin's uh apprentice for a little while or yeah apprentice or yeah something. everyone's yeah. anakin's apprentice sorry yeah yeah so um so yeah i mean i hadn't i knew she was a character and i knew like what her deal was to some degree um so yeah i mean to some it's a weird one i mean i'm probably not going to watch the clone wars it's a big commitment now um and to some degree that means i'm not necessarily that interested in her spin-off show um but you know it was interesting to see just another another jedi live action jedi being a jedi bit of a weird episode when she said oh mando i need your help to come and kill these people and then mando just standed there and watched her do it all (laughs) but um yeah, I mean, I'll, be I'll, I'll certainly watch her show when it comes out. It'll be it'll be on a tight leash for me if it, if the first few episodes are rubbish. Well, I mean, what am I saying? I'll probably watch the whole season and then judge yeah. it then. Um, you know, Starbuck, Cara Thrace, whatever her name is, Bo-Katan, there you go. Um, yeah. She was, um, yeah, to some degree, I feel like I don't need to know that much about her backstory. She's kind of, her story's obviously tied in with Mandalorian now. Um, uh, they're obviously going to go back and try and do and trying to take back Mandalore, whatever that means, yeah. and uh, do that. Uh, so that's cool. I mean, I think I think probably I'm excited for so Mandalorian season three. Um, yeah, I mean, with the the uh, what is it called, the Marshals, Marshals of the New Republic. I've got no idea where that show's going to go. Um, 
that's the two stormtroopers, isn't it? Like, uh, no, not two stormtroopers, the two X-wing pilots, because they were marshals and they just fly yeah. around solving crimes or whatever. And so, Cara, Cara June was Cara probably going to join yeah. them as well, wasn't she? Um, I mean, she's a cool character, and I want to support it because of all how they, how everyone's trying to cancel her and stuff. So yeah. I want, that, I want that to be a good show. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll watch that. Um, I mean, in terms, so sorry, back to your original question. How am I feeling about these additional characters? I don't feel like I'm missing out from not having their backstory. I think feel like I know enough that I wasn't like, what the hell was going on? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's good stuff. Um, and it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the original Avengers film, um, Avengers Assemble, and you kind of had all these characters just showing up. And at the time, it would actually been a little while since I'd watched um, some of the original films, and I was a little bit like, you know, I know who these <laughs> characters are. I can't quite exactly remember all their motivations. But um, like, you first see Thor just jumping on a heli- on a on the uh, Quinjet and just ripping it open. You're like, oh okay. Um, and then you see Captain America, he's beating up a punch bag, and someone says, oh come do this. I'm like, oh okay. So it's a little, you know, there's some degree of um similarities to that and you know i still enjoyed avengers assemble and then obviously obviously i'm not obviously i had watched the original films but it had been i hadn't quite refreshed my memory properly as to what what the deal was um so it was um and certainly with characters like the hulk as well you know that film was out ages before um so (laughs) so um yeah i don't know where am i going with this uh you don't feel like you missed out you don't feel like you yeah, missed out. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like I missed out. I don't feel like Clone Wars is essential viewing. Um, I think people can just pick up Mandalorian and pick up these characters from now. Is that a deliberate move by Disney? I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they tried to do it in such a way that you don't need to have watched those shows because they don't want to alienate everyone. They don't want to say, oh, you need to do your homework for watching this show. They, this is kind of like considered a fresh start as such. Um, and I think they did a good job. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I've watched Rebels and seen Ahsoka, you know, some of Ahsoka's backstory and how she gets to where she's got. And you know, I think yeah, I, I, you know, I probably know a bit more, and it's a bit more context to that episode. But yeah, the way they positioned it, it probably made sense without. And like, it's nothing that a quick Wikipedia search isn't going to solve, isn't it? Um, Bo-Katan, I could, there was a couple of episodes with her in, but they were sort of by the by, it was the same old thing, I need to reclaim Mandalore, blah, 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 I need to get the Darksaber, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it, basically, you know, at the end of this one, she loses the Darksaber to someone else. Um, the same thing happened in Rebels. So, um, yeah, just because she... Oh, no, because the, the woman in Rebels just gave it to her. So I think um, she's probably of the, of the opinion, well, I can't just take, accept it again because it's going to make me look really bad if I've never actually won the thing. Um, but, yeah... I don't know. Uh, to be honest, what you've mentioned that—that's that's the probably the one bit that I felt could have possibly done with a little bit more explanation. I mean, they did kind of do an expo dump in it, but yeah, oh, 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 oh. You, you've got to win the dark saber in a battle before you become the leader of Mandalore. Ha ha ha! You're now the leader of Mandalore. Ha ha ha! This yeah. is the bloke cackling on the floor after being beaten. Yeah. Um, uh, going back to the uh, Ahsoka episode, did you notice that the um the sort of bodyguard bloke of the Imperial woman uh, was actually um, Michael B. I did not notice that. No. Neither did no, I. I didn't. That is. <laughs> Michael is that? Uh, um, Carl Reese. Oh, OK. Yeah. He looked rough. Um, so <laughs> what, oh, Let's see. Stop. How old is he? He's what? Probably in his 50s. 35 years older now. Yeah. yeah. He must be knocking 60 now. Yeah, but it was it was weird to see him like that, and what, the way that he was presented and what he was wearing, he looked a bit like Dengo on the original bounty hunters from the, um, the Empire Strikes Back. Do you know what I mean? He's like wearing a sort of brown outfit with the white necklace, uh, neck neckerchief. Um, Decker, 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 Dengar, Deng, the one, Deng, the, Deng, the, the bandaged yeah. head, bandage head guy. Yeah, he looked a bit like him because of his face okay. was a bit whatever. But anyway. A little aside, I read that they, um, did you notice he had a shotgun as well, his character? Um, and the reason... Uh, uh, <laughs> no, no yeah, you really, well, I mean, I, I don't think I particularly paid too much attention to this guy because he didn't really do very much. <laughs> but I paid attention to him because of the fact I thought it was Michael Bean. It was only afterwards I realised it was. So, yeah, <laughs> right. and uh, I read the behind-the-scenes thing. They said they gave him a shotgun. It's because in Aliens, he, um, his character has a shotgun. So, like... You know, oh, okay. Give him a shotgun, and I think it was the same. I think basically most of his films he uses a shotgun, so it's like his signature weapon. Um, <laughs> oh, that's cool. 
and if so have that shout out then yeah it's good yeah um uh, you've sort of avoided our worst episodes i mean i'll just chuck mine out there the spider one i thought it was a bit of a wasted yeah, episode it was my that was my least favorite one as well it yeah. just felt like the first filler episode uh, of mandalorian it felt like this this series is, is so short you don't want a filler episode i, I didn't give a toss about the frog lady um i mean i, I disagree i think the filler episode from season one was the prison one but yeah yeah oh yeah yeah true um but yeah you didn't care about the frog lady i didn't like the fact that grogo was misbehaving and eating the eggs it's sort of yeah. almost genocidal um yeah. <laughs> but, but speaking about the frog lady um that's another thing that comes from the comics and that like in the uh, 80s when they made star wars comics at marvel there was always these frog characters drawn exactly like that frog lady um and you know once they sort of rebooted it you didn't imagine they'd come back again but obviously they've kind of drawn from the old source material and i think there's even a novel called han solo at star's end where the main villain is one of these frog people um so it's kind of like it's good to see these things bits trickling through Uh, i mean background yeah yeah yeah. um cool um you said you had some philosophy to discuss i don't know if we've kind of um you know done it i mean yeah so this was kind of coming back to the whole dark saber thing and um that idea of uh whether so you know basically you know, mandalorian beats um the moth moth uh moth gideon whatever moth gus moth augustus spring <laughs> and uh he um says okay he gets the dark saber and he says oh hi you're now the leader of mandalorian uh, and uh she says oh i have to be able to take it off you um you can't just give it to me and this kind of got me thinking about what does that actually mean uh from a from the perspective of choice and willingness and you know ultimate goals and stuff and you know the philosophy of choice is you've basically got well there's two schools of thoughts there's the deterministic and there's the indeterministic obviously because they're opposed so uh, um, you know in terms of words there's your two opposites um and i was trying to think whether um that has any bearing on why starbuck or bogotan thinks uh thinks he has to just hand her over the blade and he says oh fine just have it she says no no i can't do that we have to fight and i was thinking you know surely he can just throw the fight what makes her so confident that's not going to happen um now, if you're if you believe in determinism, what you actually believe is that people do have free choice and that they can basically make the choice that they want. And so if she was deterministic, if she believed in determinism, she would know that there's, if he wants to give her the weapon, there's no way that she can actually take it off him in a fair fight because he will not he will never give her a fair fight. He'll always throw it in some way. But if she believes that there is some way to give him uh, for, to have a fair fight with him if she can actually force him in some way to try his best as such then she's actually from the indeterministic school of thought and that is that there's no actual free choice in this world you you are entirely subservient to either chemical reactions in your brain telling you what to do or your survival instinct or even some degree your subconscious so you can't make a you can't make a conscious choice to do anything the only way to do it is in your subconscious um which you don't really have any control over you know, be, being below consciousness, you, so you don't have any control over it because you're unaware of it. So that made, so that made me think, okay, so she believes that's the case, um, or she must believe that's the case, or maybe she's not thinking it, it putting as much thought into it as I am. Uh, <laughs> but, but let's just, she is, she believes that's the case. She believes that the Mandalorian um, can't actually choose to throw the fight. In some way, he will, he will be driven by his. Um, by his subconscious to on some level fight her and that is how is that is how the mandalorian philosophy saying that you can only ever give you, you can never give it away you can you must be beaten to take out so the mandalorian philosophy is in some way an indeterministic philosophy saying there's no choice to do things now how does that then have a bearing on there on the other uh, elements of their culture such as the idea that you can't take off your helmet uh in front of others or certainly some cults believe that the idea of the way of the warrior um you know other elements of their culture you know does an indeterministic culture lend itself more easily to being a warrior race you know saying there's no choice in doing things this is your your subconsciously your you're predisposed to being a warrior there's no way to kind of move away from that uh, it's basically a very hard uh, inflexible uh, belief system 
and does that's therefore why they can say oh one person therefore becomes the absolute ruler purely because they've um they've basically claimed this sword and no one else can just give it no one gives power uh, you only claim power and no one gives up power by choice because there's no such thing as choice um and therefore if there's no such thing as choice there's only strength and that's how we have to become the strongest um race there is and let's um basically go out and be the strongest race of warriors there are and that's how the mandalorians got their warrior philosophy uh yeah <laughs> wow and Jeez. Uh, so you, did you write that down or was that all just off stream of consciousness type stuff <laughs> it sounded stream of consciousness and i mean i kind of i no, I, I thought about it beforehand, but I didn't write it down. <laughs> That's hardcore. Like, I, I never thought that there was that much philosophy to be had in a sort of serialised um, cartoon <laughs> show. Um, but yeah, no, so I kind of get your point. It's basically like if he throws the fight, then it means that she's not won it through a proper battle. It was just because he's thrown the fight. So she's not going to bother engaging him in a fight because she knows she's not going to win it properly. So it means that she's not going to be the true yeah. ruler of the thing. And she also believes there's no way for him to not, if he's made that choice, there's no way for him to actually reverse that choice. She knows there's no way for it to happen. So. Yeah, whereas yeah, whereas when he was fighting, what's his face, Gideon, it was basically a life or death battle um, and he happened to get a sword. So, you know, because he didn't know what the sword entailed at the time. Whereas if he if he knew what the sword was entailed, he might not have thought, well, he probably would have thought it was badly, then he would have done something to get rid of it. Um, yeah. I think she also knows that there's no way the only way she could possibly get him to possibly do a proper fight is she actually threatened to kill him yeah. and i think she also probably feels like she's not going to do that because she knows it'd be against the code or whatever uh, but also in the sense of indeterminism she knows that if she doesn't want to do it if she doesn't if there's no level in which she wants to actually kill him then she can't because her subconscious will keep her from doing it and he knows that and she knows that and there you go but also maybe the fact that she doesn't she doesn't want to kill him because, well, or she knows that he's got the honour not to kill her. I don't know, it's still very trippy. I mean, I never thought it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like it. I, I like the fact. So basically, what's your thoughts for the next season then? Are they, is she going to try and find a way to have that battle? Or do you think Gideon's going to kind of manipulate him into that happening? I think Gideon will certainly try and manipulate things. And I think that he will... Yeah, I think he'll manipulate her in some way to actually want to kill Mandalorian, the Mandalorian. Um, and that's how she will get over her, this whole philosophy, this whole attitude of that she can't, they can't ever have a proper fight to the death. She will then want a fight to the death. And I think Mandalorian will certainly try and fight back because he doesn't want to die. Yeah, um, there'll probably yeah. be like a, a situation where he's trying to change Mandalore in a way that she doesn't agree with, and then she's just like, "Well, I've got to fight you to make it be blah blah blah," or you're just a foundling, thus your your opinion doesn't matter and you're ruining it. Yeah, blah blah. blah. Yeah, it could be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Bit, I, mean, I don't. What, what's the actual current current situation on Mandalore? Is it still under the boot of the? Is it part of the New Republic or what? But this is a bit I don't understand because of the fact that. Um, you know, they talk about the purge and, you know, or how it's just a Hulk and a mess and whatever. But like the last I saw it in Rebels, which was the last sort of canon thing I'm aware of, like, you know, a bits of it were bad, but the rest of it was pretty fine. There was no like Armageddon thing where they were all nuked. So maybe that happened in Clone Wars, but in which case, why is it all right in Rebels? It just seems like there's something's happened between Rebels and the original series, uh, original trilogy and this. Well, I guess maybe they they did manage to... um rebuild some of it maybe yeah. it's largely largely been destroyed but they've started to rebuild to some degree it's probably just a remnant of its former glory i'm trying to think what um what parallelities there would be it's like in the original canon boba fett was basically the last of the mandalorians so it's kind of a that was his kudos and then it's kind of just been eroded away that oh there's hundreds of them and he's not even yeah, one afterwards a clone <laughs> and, and he's now he's a chubby guy with a skirt um but i would tell that to his face there but it was good to see him I'll, back. I, went, yeah. I wonder if um, he maybe said that myth himself. And, you know, we we know in Star Wars that a lot of people don't have a clue what's going on. I mean, Ray thought the Jedi were a myth. And when they when they were running the galaxy just <laughs> 80 years before, it's like it's like us saying um, Kaiser Wilhelm was a myth or <laughs> Winston <laughs> Churchill was a myth. <laughs> Fake news. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's I, I had that whole thing. Like, because Mando didn't know what a Jedi was, and there's one running around a galaxy, you know, X-wing. It's kind of like yeah. that, you know. So, uh, but I suppose he was a foundling that lived lived in a little sort of secluded environment. So maybe he wasn't aware of key world events. He just knows to go somewhere and kill him. So um, that's the thing. People on the outer rim are dumb, and Boba Fett could easily have made them think he was the last Mandalorian. I think. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I've just realised we've not even touched on Grogo. I mean, the Grogo. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't want to touch on Grogo. Um, but what's your what's your thoughts about that? Like, um, I suppose he had to have a name, and that name's as good as any, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's kind of vaguely similar to Yoda and Yaddle. So yeah. it's the thing similar um, kind of etymology so yeah it's, it's just fine it's a fine name they had yeah. to name the name you're right. i'm glad they didn't go for the whole you know oh let's use a y name you know that would have just been a bit too cliched um i mean the obvious question about grogu is what happened to him we know that luke's jedi academy went horribly wrong uh largely thanks to um uh, uh ben uh, yeah kind of um and um so yeah what where was grogu and all that did did Grogu become one of the Knights of Ren walking around in his tiny little armour? <laughs> Did we miss that somewhere along the way? Uh, maybe, you know, in episode uh, nine, special edition, they'll add Grogu in <laughs> as a tiny little um, <laughs> Knight or, of Ren. Or, or, or he could be one of the voices. Yeah. You know, like when, <laughs> when I can, you know, um, kill him, Ray, like you finish what I started and you'd have that. Yeah. Like, oh, no, poor Grogu died as well. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's a mystery for the ages. Maybe like it will be like I've said. Maybe it's sort of evil Lucas smuggled him off to Grand Admiral Thrawn. A Soka series will pick up on that. Or maybe yeah. I don't know. Like what I'm worried about. Well, the the big part of this series was the relationship between Mando and Grogu. Now that Grogu's gone, it's kind of like what you know we're going to quite miss out now, isn't it? It's kind of you know what's the show going to be like now, and what what happens to Grogu? I mean, I'd like to see more of his story. I don't want it to just be like this. Like I said at the beginning, it's just a MacGuffin. I've got to get him from A to B, give him to a Jedi, and that's it, job done. You know, it's just a bit naff. Um, sorry, that's just me going off a little run. Um, no, no, I mean, we, they will tell us what's going to happen, and to be honest, I feel like it being evil Luke might result in a better story than him being good Luke and then because the thing is the problem is if he is good Luke he's taking him off to the Jedi Academy we know where the Jedi Academy ends yeah. um, so it's kind of a bit doomed and I'm not sure I, I want to see that for Grogu but yeah maybe he'll go off and find the planet of um Yoda species and of course as you might know one of the um one of the terms of George Lucas selling the Star Wars to Disney was that they can never actually name Yoda's species Okay, I mean that makes sense, but doesn't mean they can't have baby Yodas turning up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's this mysterious species. <laughs> cool. Um, I'm conscious that you probably got another thing starting soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is there... Any final thoughts? I don't know. No, I thought it's good on the whole. It's a shame about the sort of um, forced introduction of new characters, but what can you do? I'm just looking forward, looking forward to seeing what comes next. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to all these series and I will we'll definitely be giving them a go as and when they turn up. I'm probably most looking forward to um, Book of Boba Fett, just to see what they do with that. Could be really good, could be rubbish, we'll see. Um, Mandalorian Season 3, I think, will be good. Um, but yeah, we, we'll, we will see. Cool, OK, well, I think it's time to um, lock down this bad boy. And um, yeah, thanks, Stu, as always, for joining me. And we'll catch you next time on the next episode of Geek Bites. Cool. So I don't know, Stu, I'm not too sure about do we think this podcast's heading in the right direction? This is the way. <laughs>